The gospel reading for this morning is also printed in your bulletin, and you're welcome to follow along with Let's pray. God of love, uh, as Deanne has asked, we ask that your bolt of love will shoot through us this morning. Again, as we listen to your word, as we hear your voice, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the way that you are love and you speak to us in a voice that only each of us hears uniquely and wonderfully. We pray this in the name of Jesus. They came to Capernaum. When he was safe at home, he asked them, "Um, what were you discussing on the road? The silence was deafening. They had been arguing with one another over who among them was the greatest. He sat down and summoned the twelve. So, so you want first place? Then take the last place. Be the servant of all. He put a child in the middle of the room. Then, cradling the little one in his arms, he said, Whoever embraces one of these children, as I do, embraces me. And far, far more than me. God, who sent me. If you believe within your heart, you'll know that no one can change the path that you must go. Believe what you feel and know you're right because the time will come around. When you'll say it's yours, believe there's a reason to be. Believe you can make time stand still and know from the moment you try. If you believe, I know you will believe in yourself right from the start and you'll have a brain and you'll have a heart and you will have courage to last your whole life through if you believe in yourself just believe in yourself Just believe in yourself as I believe in you. In the mid-1970s, The Wiz, a soul musical version of The Wizard of Oz, opened on Broadway. And although Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion were now easing down the road made of yellow ricks with a new funk and a heavy backbeat. The story of a young girl trying to find her way back home to Kansas was timeless. The now iconic four figures, all looking for something that they were sure is missing in their lives, meet the Wiz in the Emerald City. The Wizard of Oz who now in the show can sing like nobody's business, still, still has the powerful gift of x-ray eyes. He looks 
at and embraces the motley crew standing in front of him, and, and instead of granting their requests, he educates and releases the brain and the heart and the courage and the home that has been deep in their souls from the beginning of time. Jesus, the greatest wizard of them all, also has x-ray eyes and really, really exceptional hearing, unfortunately for his motley crew of 12. <laughs> and, and you just know, right? He, he's, like, he's like mom catching you and me with our hand in the cookie jar when he asks his question, um, what were you guys talking about on the yellow brick road back there? Duh, darn it, how does he know? And, and how will we know who is the greatest? The shepherd whiz wastes no time in answering their question. So, so you think you want to be number one? You might want to think about it some more. Because your number in line, if you get picked for greatest in the land of Oz, is huge. Love and serve everybody, period. All of them. Every single person has numbers smaller than yours. To drive home his point, Wizard Jesus grabs a kid and tells his munchkins to embrace and serve. Serve the blessed child because they all are wizards, just like the great Wiz himself. A child who, like women, old men, and slaves, all had about the same value in those days. Zilch. Nothing. I mean, nothing like today, where we all see children as godlike, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, kids are great. And sometimes messy. And sometimes disobedient. And sometimes self-centered. And sometimes very, very, very expensive. And, and, and sometimes, Jesus, are you out of your mind? Absolutely. Completely and absolutely out of this world and the mind of the world's blair. Thank God. Jesus' x-ray eyes and loving eyes see the child, the child in all of us, who is unmistakably holy and godlike. The imago dei, the image of God, in every scarecrow and tin man and ferocious lion and girl and boy, God is there in soul. Even when all we see is baby food in their hair and on the floor. It is now 15, going on 16 months, since my life was decimated by the death of my beloved husband, Mark, our beloved Mark. In the tornado that tore my heart in two, besides losing the love of my life, I lost my brain and my heart and my courage and, and my home in many, many ways. Lost in a world of grief and pain, I headed down the yellow brick road, hoping, hoping desperately that I would find the Emerald City, a wonderful wizard, anyone, any place 
that would give me back all that was ripped out of my life in an instant. And wouldn't you know it? Just like Dorothy, I meet all kinds of extraordinary and interesting folks along the way. And most of them are, and most of them are kids. Well, they are very, very young adults in their late teens and 20s, which means they could all be my children, so they are kids to me. <laughs> the great wizard god leads me to my emerald city, Zaytun, a Palestinian Mediterranean restaurant in Albany, and I meet James. James is, James is beautiful and smart and amazing, and, and he's a kid with a troubled past and a trace of narcissism. He is also very kind to me and one of the best bartenders I've ever met. On my many trips back to Zaytun, we talk about Mark, of course. And James listens, makes me a Manhattan, the kind that Mark used to love, and we have a conversation. I miss Mark. I miss Mark so much. And the grief is unbearable sometimes, James. Yeah, I just broke up with my girlfriend, too. You need to focus on life, Melvin. Not death. You, you need to have some fun. You need, oh my goodness. He's saying all the wrong things. I'm not strong enough at this point to crawl over the bar to strangle him. <laughs> and in spite of his inept attempt at grief counseling, <laughs> I keep coming back to Zaytun because I really like the kid. I return again and again, and I, I write in my journals for hours and hours, processing the horrors of grief and loss. And as the weeks and months go by, James and I end up talking about everything, from God to faith to craft beers to business plans he has for his future. I end up teaching him about fine wine, and great wine pairings for the food they're serving at the restaurant. And we go bowling together across the street from the bar one afternoon, and it's healing and fun to hang out with this young man. Until one day, we have another conversation. You should come watch me wrestle. Sure, James. Where do you, where do you have these wrestling matches? We do them in this backyard in San Jose, this Saturday, you should come. It's totally cool. We put on a great show. I'm there, of course, on Saturday, in a dirt backyard with a homemade wrestling ring and lots and lots of young people drinking beer and smoking joints and loud music. And James walks out into the ring in his blue and white tights and spiked up hair, screaming, I am the king of the world! It's like magic in the land of Oz. James is transformed, and he is alive and powerful and full of love. Another young man, twice the size of James, also dances out into the ring. The bell sounds, and they go at it. 
And now, and now my heart is racing because what James failed to tell me was that they really, really go at it with fists and kicks and flying objects and you name it until one point the big guy picks up a ladder and throws it at James. James tries to block the flying tool, but it's too late. It crashes into his skull. He hits the mat, and blood is running down his face. The crowd is going crazy, of course, loving every minute of this sadomasochistic display. And I look at James, who is conscious, thank God, and he is smiling. With dirt and blood strewn in his hair, we stop on our way home to eat a late-night meal at Nations when we have still another conversation. Did you have fun, Melvin? Sure, lying through my scrambled eggs. I, I don't understand. What don't you understand, James? I don't understand how people have fun. I had so much fun tonight. I looked up from my plate with tears in my eyes, and James had vanished. There, sitting across the booth, was the whiz, Jesus, now with a stigmata in his head instead of his hands. I kept hearing James's voice and heart, but all I could see was the Christ child speaking with passion and love and hope and joy, the pure, pure joy of being the person you were created to be from the beginning of time. James was the wizard, the Christ child. The beautiful, bleeding young man was the wizard Jesus, educating and releasing the God gifts in me that I was sure I had lost forever. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little child, a little child shall lead them. Love, love and serve and listen to the voice of the child. Pour your life into the children. They are our only hope now. They are the only ones left with a powerful passion and a pure heart and a soul, for heaven's sake. The adults of Oz and America and the world have failed. And only the child, the child wizard in all of us, can save our planet from destruction. Let godly play and fun and childlike faith give us the brains and the hearts and the fearless courage we so desperately need to believe in ourselves, our true selves. We can build a beautiful home, the Emerald City. Believe, believe with all your heart, and let the child lead. Believe there's a reason to be. Believe you can make time stand still and know on the moment you try. If you believe, I know you will. Believe in 
yourself right from the start. Believe in the magic that's inside your heart. Believe all these things not because I told you to, but believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, just believe in yourself as I believe in you.